You're listening to the Jerry and Jacoby podcast, Success Without Sacrifice, a podcast by two entrepreneurs at different stages of life, sharing real life experiences, managing a successful business and family life. It's honest talk about lessons learned, balancing family, faith, business, and personal growth on the journey of making our dreams a reality. Now, here are your hosts, Jerry and Jacoby. Hey, everyone. I want to welcome you to the Jerry and Jacoby podcast, Success Without Sacrifice. I'm Jacoby with my good friend and co-host, Jerry. In every episode, we're bringing you honest conversations about what really matters and how to create success without sacrificing the things you love the most. And on this episode, we're going to be talking about changing your goals. What happens when you have to change your goals or when you set out to do something and then things change and you have to change things up. And so this is coming out here at the end of 2021. Everybody's going to be looking at their goals for 2022 and, uh, you know, looking towards the new year. And so sometimes things go as planned and sometimes they don't. Sometimes you got to shift and all that. So that is kind of what we're going to be discussing on this episode. Yeah, this is uh, this is an interesting one because I look back over the last couple of years and I know that I have some goals and I know some of those goals have changed and some of them have changed pretty significantly. And then historically, when I didn't have as much clarity on my why, and we talk about the why a lot here on why I do things. And over the last four to five years, I've really put some work on that. And that's been a struggle. And that is uh, me developing my why is still a work in progress. But when I used to change goals, I felt like I failed, you know, and that I didn't attain my goal because the goal was kind of the end of the road. Like that was the thing. But now that I have a little more clarity on my why, the goal is a part to just get me to there. And so if I have to make a change in a goal because it's going to get me to my why quicker or uh, I've got some more clarity, then I'm okay changing that goal. I don't feel like I failed in that arena. Yes, really good. And I also think the there can be some changes in there because you have you know short-term goals, midterm goals, and then you have long-term goals, right? And so I think whenever you say the why, why is there's a lot of things wrapped up in your why that can be like who you are, uh, who you're becoming and all that as well. And so in your long-term goals, uh, most of the time that long-term goal is probably going to stay the same, but your short-term goals and how you get to that long-term goal are probably going to change all the time, you know? And so depending on what happens and, and how you do things, like that's going to make, that's going to change things. And so really what I think about is what happened, what's happened over the last year, right? Everybody has been involved with COVID. And so COVID has probably changed a lot of folks' plans and a lot of folks' goals, because what you had planned before, you never thought COVID was going to happen. And COVID has put a big monkey wrench in everything that everybody's doing. So, you know, when you look at that, it's like, what is your long-term goal, right? So things that I have that I want to accomplish in like 20 years, 15 years, whatever that is, that has not changed. But, you know, for instance, last year didn't make, I didn't have as many sales as I wanted to have uh, last year as I did the year before. And uh, that's partly because of a few things that happened and it's, and it's not a failure. Like I'm actually made a conscious decision 
not to sell as much real estate. I made a conscious decision to spend more time with my family than out, you know, calling people and doing that sort of things. And that's why I had the results that I did. Not a bad thing at all. Just had to adjust, right? Yeah. And uh, so when you talk about long-term and short-term goals, just kind of get some perspective of that. And you talked like a, about a 15 and a 20 year and, and we've done some coaching with Bo Eason, the uh, former football player, all pro safety. And he, uh, he talks about now and he's doing coaching on a high level for professional speakers. He talks about needing a 20 year plan and that he thinks life's broke down in these 20 year segments and you need a 20 year plan. And so for you, so just to back up for me, uh, when he talked about having a 20 year goal, like that was insane to me. I'd never, because I had, I, I spent a majority of my life just reacting to life. I didn't even have like six months or 12 month goals outside of probably some sales stuff. Uh, but I didn't have like life stuff that was planned out like that. So 20 years was like, man, who can think I had 20 years? You'd have no idea. You know, to me, it's like, you have no idea what life's going to bring you. So for you, uh, what's a long-term goal, like from a time frame standpoint? Yeah. So I would say probably like 20 years in the beginning. So I, I think about my, my childhood, right? So I think we all do this. We just do it subconsciously. Uh, most of the time we all have, I think of it as your dream, right? And so when I was younger, my goal, my dream was to play in the NFL, right? So that was my long-term goal. Even though I didn't say this is my long-term goal, like I wanted to play in the NFL. And so what did I do? So I, I trained every single day before I got out of college. I literally trained every single day, right? So you train every day. Uh, I did peewee football. I did uh, football in high school. I did football in college. And then you lift weights, you go into the programs, you do the stretching, you do all that stuff. And so that was the long-term goal. And then the hard thing for me has been like, now, once you get out of college and you get out, well, obviously I was in the military. And so normally the goal is to like, oh, well, I'm going to be a general, right? So then that's the next, I mean, that's, you're in the military to retire. You're in 20 years. So there, there's the other 20 year goal. I want to be a general or be the highest rank I can be. And so, but once you get out of those, the thing that I found is that most of the time I would never even, besides the football thing, I've really wanted to play football in NFL. I did not necessarily want to be a retiree in the military. Uh, besides that, what I saw is that most of the time, those goals were not my goals. It was just a track that that uh, the industry or whatever had put into place. And it's like, well, these are the things you should probably do and you should probably aspire to. And so, you know, I think those are kind of like the long-term goals. So I would say like anywhere between 15 and 20 years. So like what Bo Easton says, I think is like spot on. Yeah. And so that, so when you talk about like that, um, this shows it, this kind of puts a magnifying glass on the difference between you and I in that, I didn't have a dream like growing up. Like I was, I just want like, you know, I look at it, I it now. I didn't think about it then. Like there wasn't a dream in place. My dream was literally just to survive. Like, so I was like in, I just became, you know, like I was in the survival mode. Like I never looked at like, I need to get a good grade my freshman year. Cause it's going to matter for when I'm, you know, when I try to get into college, when, you know, even like off season workouts, like I didn't know those were a thing. Like the, that world didn't exist to me. Like, it, and so I played baseball, 
but I didn't do a lot in off season. Like I didn't realize I was supposed to practice outside of practice. Like it was never, you know, it was never in, that was never embedded in me. Nobody ever talked about it. Um, it wasn't modeled to me. And so I never had a dream. And so when I started on this personal growth experience five or six years ago, we coached with Kevin Ward and Kevin talks about, you know, following your dream all the time. And he talks about it because he gave his dream up uh, because of what people thought and said. And I, I mean, I could not for the life of me wrap my head around a dream. And, uh, and I still don't have a dream. Like it's, um, you know, so I've got goals and I have a vision for what um, I want things to look like for me in 20 years. So I've been able to expand my thought process and push it out 20 years. And so now that I'm, you know, I'm 51, I know what I want things to look like for me at 70. So that helps me. I've gained a lot of clarity in that. And it took me a long time. Um, when we started with the B school, uh, we did that, the three, one So three-year goals, you know, one-year plan. And what are we going to do for the next 90 days to get there? Like to be able to connect all of those. It was hard for me to focus on that three-year plan. Like that seems so far out to me. And now I've got some really good clarity around it. I say clarity in the, but the reason, uh, we're talking about this or the reason I wanted to kind of break this topic down was the fact that I, the big change that I'm making is my three-year goal. Uh, that is, uh, is what's kind of come together in my life over the last six months has me reevaluating what that three-year goal looks like. So that 20 year, that's still in place. Like I know what I want that to look like, but I'm changing the three-year because I think I got a better plan to get me to that 20 year. And so currently at the moment, I have my 90 day and my one year plan in place. And uh, in the sheet that we use, where we break down the 90 day, one year, three year, my three year is all zeros at the moment. Uh, and that is, I am I'm putting some work. I probably got about another hour or so, I think, of work. And I think I can have that in place. Um, but I, I cleared the three year out over the last month because I know I've got some work to do in figuring out how I want to shift. Oh, that's really good. I want to go back to what you said is, you know, you never knew when you said you never knew a lot of those things existed. I think that is huge because how do you get a dream? I didn't really know that either, but I always think about how I got to that point. I can still remember the day I decided I wanted to play football in college. And so uh, my dad had taken me to a college football game. We had some guys that were really good at football. There were like five of them. And uh, when I was in junior high, they were in high school. Good football players in West Texas. What are you talking about? Yeah, good football players in West Texas. I'm not talking just good. I'm talking like exceptional. Like one of the one of the players, he was the number one. He was uh, the player of the year for Texas in our big school classification. So literally the best player in Texas. (laughs) And so I think who you surround yourself with matters. Like that's why this is so important. Right. So my dad took me. I saw these guys play in high school. So everybody always went to the high school football games. Right. And so I got to see these guys as they played in high school and then all of them ended up getting, well, two of them got scholarships to Texas tech and two of them got scholarships to North Texas and North Texas played Texas tech in Lubbock. And my dad took me to that game. And I remember telling my dad, I can almost remember where we were sitting at. And I was like, I'm going to play football in college. And so I was like, that's just, that's what I want to do. And so as I look back now, how old were you? 
this is probably junior high. This okay. is in junior high, somewhere in junior high. And uh, so just like you can always connect the dots looking back. Right. And so, you know, I remember that moment. And actually my dad remembers that too. He was talking about it to me the other day and was like, yeah, I remember when you told me you were going to do that. And um, seeing those guys, it just, it just built, it just built this thing inside of me. I don't even know what it was, but it was just there. They were inspirational to me. And then once they graduated, then I was like, oh, well, you know, I played football with Cedric Benson as well. So like I had one of the best running backs to ever go through Texas football. You know, he's, he's uh, one of the best running backs from, from uh, UT as well. And so, you know, just being able to learn from him was like a blessing. And so like, I had these guys who inspired me when I was younger, then I grew up and like played with Cedric Benson. And then once he left, I felt like I had to fill his shoes. And then whenever that happened, you know, if you know my story, I got hurt my first game of my senior year uh, in football. And so at the, by the time everybody was coming around as scouts and all that, no, there were, there was only one division one football team left. And that was my one deciding factor of where I went to play football at. I was like, I'm going to play. And if I'm going to play, I'm going to play division one football, because to me, that was all football was. And that was your best chance of possibly going to the NFL. That's actually not true, but that's what I thought at the time. Right. And so because I had that dream, it caused me to have these decisions that I made that I wasn't even consciously even thinking about. Right. And so going through all that, just seeing the chain of events and how that dream helped play out, you know, all of the decisions that I, that I kind of made from, from there and the inspiration that I had. So, but you know, there's a lot of factors in that. It's like my dad tried to just provide me with these opportunities. And then I found someone that I wanted to try to be like and emulate. And then also playing around, you know, people that were really, really good being doing things at a very high level. So just as we were talking through this, like those were some things that I like thought about, you know, kind of how that chain of events went, went through. So to, to go back to how you started that, what made you think of that was me saying I didn't have a dream. So what is like the connection? Did it just make you think of that? Or was there something that, uh, that thought spurring you that you were trying to drag out of me? Yeah, no, what it made me think of is like, so we've been doing, we've been doing a lot of training recently, right? About how, don't think about the how, like how you're going to get something done, just know. And if you don't, so I think the key is, and so my hard, my hard transition point, once I got out of athletics was like, I don't have a model for what, how to get where I want to go now. Like, what do I, what do I actually want? Because at first it was like, oh, I want to be in the NFL. Well, once you get past the NFL, it's like, well, what's next? Right. And I think Bo Eason helped me out with that as well, because he went from the NFL. And when he got out of the NFL or when he when he was done playing football, he's like, man, I'm the best NFL safety that's out here. That's my identity. Like and those are the only skills I have. Like what is next? Like, what, what do I do? And I think that's where a lot of people find themselves lost. And it's so easy to talk about sports because we see that so often. And, and that's what happens most of the time is like, well, how do we reinvent ourselves after what either what we want we've accomplished or after what we want 
has passed and we no longer are at that goal. Right. And so I think that's kind of what we're talking about here is like changing the goals. How do we change? And so I think of it as reinventing yourself. Like after that happens, I have to reinvent myself. And then in order for me to reinvent myself, I have to have a dream. I have to have a goal in mind. And that dream has to be so vivid. I just remember I wanted to play in the NFL so bad. Like that's all I thought about. That's all I wanted to do. And so I think when we make goals, we sometimes just willy nilly say, this is what I want, but we don't think about it. We don't think about how bad we want it or what, what we're willing to do to get that thing. Right. And so it has to be so vivid. And that's why they say you have to be so clear on what you want, because if you're not clear on it, then you don't know what you want. (laughs) Yeah. I kind of to break that down when we talk about Bo, if you want to check out, uh, and, and we've gotten a lot of Bo's stories, um, but he's got that book, There's No Plan B for Your A Game. And uh, he just talks about that, that they're, um, you know, kind of, we're always trying to protect people. And so the question I had for you, uh, and I'll come back to it, is about your dad, but Bo's talking about, like, you know, there's no plan B. And we do, in society, we do it all the time. Uh, parents do it to kids all the time. Like, um, you know, if a kid wants to be a, a ball player, they're all in and they're like, okay, well, you got to get the good grades because you got to have that backup plan. And not that you shouldn't have good grades. Or I remember when Keegan, who's uh, in Nashville now, when he was going after his music, you know, we knew that it was going to be a grind. We knew it was going to be hard. And everybody was talking to him about like maybe getting his uh, barber license or uh, you know, you got to have this plan B. And that's when I, um, you know, I said, you don't need a plan B. You just got to go after a, and, 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 and my justification uh, is like, I look at your life and okay. Your goal was to go to the NFL. And if you looked at, okay, if you looked at your goal, you failed, right. You didn't make the NFL. And so people are going to say that, but, what is all, what's all of the experience, life skills, relationships, everything that was brought into your life, trying to attain that goal has made you who you are now. And so if you didn't ever have that goal to make the NFL, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have experienced football like you did. You wouldn't have, I mean, I look at your life and I see all the relationships with guys from the Air Force Academy that you have. I don't know how many guys grow up in Midland, leave Midland and come back, but I know you did that. Uh, and Midland's important to you because that was part of your childhood and your football and the schools. And when you talk about Midland and Odessa and the games, like you can still tell you have, there's still a lot of emotion there for you. And so I know if you do, like if you're doing the right thing and going after it, it's going to pay off. It just might not pay off like you, like you had hoped or like you wanted or what you thought. If you want to talk about it, if you want to comment on it, you can. But first, I want to ask you to go back to that junior high time with your dad. And you, your dad remembers that specifically that you wanted to go in the NFL. And he knew when that dream was sparked. How did he react to that? I don't really know. You're saying how did he react to? To your dream. He, like you wanted always... to play in the NFL. Was he down with that? Did he? Yeah, my uh, parents have always yeah. been, whatever I want to do, they've just always been like 100% into it. Yeah. I think my parents think I'm better at things than I think I am. And so <laughs> I think part of that's good. And, and you know, it, it all the plays on who you are, right? And so that was the thing I said, I want to play in college. 
And I think my parents did everything they could to make that happen. My parents went to every college football game I had except for one game. And the only reason why my dad didn't go to that game is because he was sick. You know, out of all the college games I had, away games and home games, he was yeah. there every single weekend. And so they were they were 100 percent in, which is why which is which I think is is really good because we we have another coach who coaches on your dreams. And he's always like, you, if you have a dream, you need to have a dream. And he says his dad gave up on his dream and it, and it really affected him, you know, as he, his dream was to play basketball. And I think, and he quit, he quit the basketball team when he was in high school. And his dad said, there's more to life than basketball. And he goes, yeah, there is more to life than basketball, but basketball was my dream. Yep. You know, and, and as you start to, as I've started to think about that, especially even lately, even with my kids too, is like a dream is really important. Like, what do you think about and who do you want to become? And it's like, yeah, there are more important things than whatever it is, but that is your dream, you know? And I think that's the key thing. Like, what is your dream? Not somebody else's dream or what somebody else did, you can gather inspiration from that. But what is your dream? You know, I've seen parents do it all the time. I've worked with, uh, uh, through our youth group at church, I've worked with our high school kids for like 24 years now, been a volunteer in our youth ministry. And I mean, I've seen so many times parents squish their kids' dreams in the idea that they're loving them and they're protecting them. It's not that the parents want to squish their dreams. It's not the parents want to hurt them, uh, but it's like, Hey, I want to play major. You know, I, I want to, I want to play division one baseball. Or I want to play major league baseball, man. You know how hard that is. Uh, you know what percentage of people don't make it. There's just a small few that make it. Um, and so they just start putting that in their head and they don't even mean to, they're really just trying to protect themselves, protect their kids from getting hurt where, I think our kids probably need to be hurt a little more in that way and that they need, they need that struggle. They need to know like Cooper needs to know if he wants to play division one baseball, it's going to be hard and he's got to put that work in and I'm going to do what I can to give him my tools and the tools that he's going to need. And I'm going to give him the belief in like, I believe he can do it 100%. He will never see a doubt from me that he can't do it, but that's not him, not me. If he does it, he does it. If he doesn't, he doesn't. I, but I'm not going to squish that dream in him. That's really good. Yeah. I'm always asking my kids, what do they want? What do they want to be? And then I'm just trying to breathe into that. Right. I mean, it changes all the time because yeah. they're, you know, mine are eight and six, but you got any superheroes right now? <laughs> I don't, I do have one that wants to be a commercial realtor though. <laughs> so, I don't even think he knows what it is, but he just knows. <laughs> he wants to be a commercial realtor. And then, you know, uh, and then I got awesome. a basket. I got, I got a basket. He wants to be a commercial realtor and a soccer player. And then a basket. And then I got a basketball player too. But yep. to go back to the other thing you said, like that is exactly right. So, so what, even though you're, you might crush, not crush the dream, but like try to stamp out the dream. It's, it's all out of love. Right. And so it's not because you're actually trying to be bad or anything. And I think that just comes down to like, yeah, you do want to protect your kids, but I want to go back to what you said about this plan B thing. Like everybody, that is a common thing 
is like, you need a plan B. And I think plan B, I personally think plan B is the worst thing for you because when there's, you have no other options, you know, we've talked about making decisions before means to cut off all other options. Well, when you have a plan B, you have not cut off all the other options that you have. And so we, we're just, I was just recently speaking about this, you know, in another group that I'm in, we were talking about commitment and we were talking about attachment versus commitment. And we were just talking about, well, how do you feel when you're committed to something? What happens when you're committed to something? You know, how, how does that make you feel? What happens in those sorts of things? And so when you're committed, there is, there is no plan B, right? You wouldn't even think about plan B. You know, I think about, go ahead. Well, think about how hard it is to, um, you're listening, but we're on Zoom. So Jacoby could see me starting to chirp in. Um, when you're talking about how hard things are, like how hard it was to try to make it to the NFL or how hard it's going to be to play division one baseball or how hard it is going to be to build the real estate business you want. There's going to be days that suck and there's going to be days that you don't want to go to practice. And there's going to be days that you want to quit. And when you have that plan B, it just gives you that option of it's going to be all right to quit. Cause then I don't, it's not like I don't have anything. So that's, you know, just interject that part of it with that plan B, it just gives you that option. Yeah. And you have to fight the easy way out, right? We're all human yeah. beings. Like we, we want to take the path of least resistance and, and we always want to do that. And so the gold mine is in the struggle, you know? And so, you know, I, I always use the physical realm because that's just what I've always had. And so when I, when I lift, when you lift weights, you know, to your muscle, you have to break down the muscle and then you have to rest and then the muscle recovers. And that's when you get stronger is when you recover. And so when you think about it, those hard times are the times when you are actually getting stronger. And if you don't have hard times, then you won't, you won't get where you want to be at. You won't get stronger. You won't, you won't grow. And so, but it's so hard because that's the mind. That's the battle we have to play in our minds is that, you know, I know this is what I need, but on the one hand, it's not necessarily what I want, which is why I think you have to have a huge dream, which is why your dream has to be so, I mean, I had one guy, he told me, he goes, we have to make your dreams so sexy that you just want them. Like you just have to go after them because things will get hard. And if it's not what you want, and if it's not where you want to be, then uh, you just, you just won't go for it. Do you remember who said that? I, I do not remember. Okay. I, said that. I can't, I <laughs> didn't can't mean to call you out, but I wanted to know. <laughs> yeah. He was a, he was a Tony Robbins coach. He was a, oh, okay. a Tony okay. Robbins coaches. Yeah. Yeah. So no plan B have a dream. And we've kind of gotten off topic a little bit in that we're talking about like changing your, uh, changing your goals. Uh, it is on, I, I guess it is on topic because you have to have that dream. So, you know, you know, what you have to do to change, to get there. And so if you got to change your goals on your way to get to that dream, then you've got to make an adjustment, um, to that. And like this year, uh, Cooper's 15 now, um, he's, you know, in high school playing baseball and, but we are working, he's making, you know, he's got his goals for what he wants to do this year and for high school. And, but you've got to make, you got to make some changes on the way. And so one of the things he's doing is he's, uh, he's got a beautiful swing. Uh, absolutely. He's left-handed hitter. Wish my swing 
had ever looked anywhere close to his. Um, he's got some great coaches, uh, but he's making, now he's getting to the point where his swing is like, he's got it honed. Now he's making changes to it. So now this year he's changing his hand grip a little bit and doing some things. So he's changing, not necessarily his goal, but he's changing something that's going to help move him forward to that goal. And so what it is, what I want to talk about is you have to be self-aware. If you're going to make a change to your goal on the fly to get to your dream, you have to be self-aware. That means you've always got to be evaluating what's going on to make sure that you're still tracking. Yeah. Always doing self-evaluation and all that. Right. So the easiest way, what I like to think about when I break it down is like, it's just like a GPS, right? If I, if I have a destination where I'm going, I'm going to put it in the GPS and the GPS is going to give me the route that I have to go. And so if I'm going from Midland to Dallas and I'm on I-20 and there's a huge wreck in the middle of I-20 and they have to close it down, well, now I've got to make a decision and figure out where do I, where do I have to go? How, how am I going to get around this? And so I'll go around it and then based off the, the route I take, then I just have to make sure I'm going in the right direction. I go around it and then I get back on I-20 and, and finish the course, right? So you can be off at any time, but you just got to make sure that you're still moving towards the, towards the direction you want to go. Because if I, if I get off I-20 and then I start heading West, like I'm not making it to Dallas, you know what I mean? No matter what I do or which way I go, you know, I've at least got to be heading East for sure. That's the one thing I do have to know. It might take me a little bit longer to get there, but at least I'm going in the right direction. And so I think that's, that's exactly right. We're always evaluating we're always trying to figure it out. So if that endpoint, if your dream is there, then, you know, that's going to, I feel like it's a magnet. It's going to pull you towards where yeah. you want to be at. I remember the story of, and I won't, I won't have the exact percentages or locations, but I remember somebody telling about if you, if a plane took off from LA to New York and it veered off by like two degrees, it would end up in South Carolina and not New York just by that two degrees. Yeah, and so exactly it's just, right. so you have to be aware of where you're at and kind of always putting yourself back on, on play. Yeah. Because a small, a very small change over a long period of time is a lot of distance, yep. you know, small change in a short period of time is, is a small change. Right. But that's kind of where you kind of where you got to be at. So, yeah, I think that's really good. So, goals here we're going into the new year so let's talk a little bit about that real quick we're going into the new year you've got some goals long-term goals you said your three-year goals kind of blank is that what you said correct yep all right so you are you dreaming how are you gonna are you gonna start dreaming up some things you gotta think of some dreams how are you gonna how are you fostering that yeah so you know that's got me thinking about the like where I'm going to be at when I'm 70 and then kind of breaking it down like 60 and 55. So, you know, five, seven, you know, 20 years. And well, what I'm doing, will that push me forward in there? And the biggest thing for me is so like this year, I know, you know, I know over the next 90 days what I want to do, I know what I want to do next year. And mainly that is, uh, you know, business related, like how many transactions, what I want the team to look like. Um, I've got some health stuff in there. And so I know what that one year going in. And so that gives me some clarity on what I need to be doing now and into this year. Uh, But that three year. um, Oh, and then I've got some clarity on like what I want 20 years to look like. 
So it's that three year right now that I'm making an adjustment to. And it's mainly because of now that I'm EXP, I've got some different opportunities. And so that's altering uh, what my real estate business is going to look like in three years. And I think the biggest effect, the stuff I'm doing now for that is going to affect what that three-year goal looks like. And it's going to be more on the team side than it's going to be on the specific sales side. And so I'm working through what that's going to look like. And that's the biggest adjustment is that my, you know, my 20 year hasn't changed uh, and my one year hasn't changed, but that three year to get to the 20 is what I'm, what I'm, what I'm working around right now. Yeah, I had some, uh, I had a vision, I guess I'll call it a vision the other day. Uh, we were, well, we were at, uh, we were at our friend's house on a Sunday and, uh, it was actually at, at our, we we're at our church. We meet, meet, we meet in this couple's house and they're, uh, they've got three kids and now their kids have grandkids. And so I was just sitting there, I was like, man, and I was just asking him, you know, about kind of the things and how things are going. I'm like, man, he had three kids. I got four kids. I'm like, man, if my kids have as many kids as me, what are, what's it, what's Christmas going to look like whenever we uh, get together and, you know, 20 years or whatever. So it really got me to thinking, you know, especially even with this topic is dreaming, like, what do I want my Christmas to look like in 20 years or, or in 30 years with me and Andrea after our kids even have kids? 16 grandbabies. Yeah, it'd be 16 <laughs> grandkids, man. So we would have, we would have, uh, what would that be? That would be 16. And then that would be eight. That would be 24, 25. There'd be 26 people in our house. Yeah. <laughs> That's how many people would be in your house. Right. Yep. And so I'm starting to think I'm Jacoby's like, not downsizing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's what I'm thinking about. I'm like, man, like what are the, and so I, we do always do all these, you know, exercises and stuff and people are like, well, how do you feel when you're in the future and all this stuff? And it, uh, but it felt really good. You know what I mean? Like I felt, I was like, man, we'd be like, there'd be a tree there. We'd be sitting by the fire. Like we would be warm. Like, you know how you feel yeah. when it's Christmas time and you yeah. feel like warm and you got the blankets on. And then, you know, I was just looking, thinking about having like little kids, like my kids, kids around, running around, jumping on me. What are they going to call me? That sort of thing. And so that's really kind of, you know, where I started to go with this when I'm, you know, that's my NFL, you know, that's my NFL in 20, 30 years now. And then thinking about, well, what, what am I going to have to be doing at that time? You know, obviously for us, it's like, man, well, how many agents in my revenue share group am I going to need to do this and all yeah. that stuff. And so I'm starting to visualize and start dreaming of what do I want my relationships to be like with my kids? And then now I'm starting to try to unpack that from that, you know, that feeling and that vision that I kind of had. And so that's kind of how I'm using this exercise, which was kind of cool this past week, you know, talking to. And so that's why I look like inspiration, right? So to take it back to what I said, those guys that played football in my, in my high school that went on to play in college, you know, it was kind of like, kind of like this guy, like he, he, we were in his house and his kids, you know, we're, we're intimate friends with, with uh, his daughter and her husband. And so I saw that. And then I started to build a dream, my dream off of that, right? Like, what do I want it to look like? Because I'm like, man, he's got a really good setup here. Like he, he's, he's done things that are really nice, you know? And so um, that's kind of how I'm running that thing back, you know, from where I'm at at the moment. Yeah, that's awesome. Love that story. Uh, love, and I love that you're, and I've picked this up from you and how you, 
I've gotten a lot better visualizing, but you're like really good at it. And like, you can, like, you're feeling the warmth and the fire and the tree and you can smell it. And like, so you start to bring all the senses into bringing that alive. And so for me, my 20 year down the road is I'm at a, on a lake house on a deck and I got a couple rocking chairs there. And I know that that's where I get to hang out with Holly, but I'm looking down and I see like, couple of the kids on the jet skis and the boat and gives us uh, you know one of my grandkids fishing off the dock and like so that for me is like I can I, I man I know what the grass looks like and the walkway and I know where the fire pit's at and and it's a wooden dock and not an aluminum dock and I probably should get aluminum because that'd be easier to get in and out like so I've really started to work this through and and so it's like and so this is where you get where like oh you don't need big houses I don't need a big house, but if I want that, then I have to have the house. So that becomes like, I've got to be able to do what it takes to get there because that's what I want. I need, you know, I want a place that my kids all want to come to. And then as I back it down, the other big feeling, the other big thought that I have is like, I'm all in that Cooper's going to play division one baseball. He's bought into it. I've bought into it. And so I've never I think I've missed like in the last couple of years of travel baseball, I've missed like four games and it's typically it's because I'm traveling. Um, and so I don't want to miss any of those college games. And so I need to be in a position with my business, my work and my finances to have the opportunity to wherever he decides to go play, I get to go and do that. Uh, and then wherever my kids end up in life, like I am big in this idea of, I think as grandparents, a lot of times they put pressure on kids like, oh, you never come over. You never come over. Well, you know, for you to put your four kids together and pile them all up and pile them in the car and go see the grandparents, that's like, you know, a small, you know, miracle um, for two adults to come to your house is way easier. And so wherever my kids are at in the world, I want to have the resources to go to wherever they're at. And never put the onus on them that they have to come to me if they want to see me. Uh, I want to make myself available to to help them and be wherever they're at in the in the country. And if my wife wants to see one of her grandbabies and they're in Arizona and she wants to see this weekend, I want to have the resources in play to go to Phoenix this weekend and see my grandbaby. And so those are the things that were where like before I didn't have dreams. Those are the thoughts and that I'm starting to really you know just burn into into my psyche man it's really good you really touched my heart when you said it's easier for the grandparents to come to you than for you to go to the grandparents oh man yep. <laughs> it's, it, it can get so frustrating sometimes oh man and, so good and so, so good. i know mary i know mary you're listening so uh but i know you're always there mary so we're good yeah, MP's always, she's always, uh, she's down to do whatever. Yeah. <laughs> she moved, she moved from Arizona to Midland. To Midland. <laughs> I can guarantee down. every one of her friends were like, what are you doing? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, no, they already know. They already yeah. know why she moved. I don't even think they had to ask a question. So it's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah man. So that's, that's, uh, that's really good. I had a couple of other things I wanted to talk about, but I don't know if we might have to save them for another, uh, might have to save them for another episode here, you know, but, um, 
I'll just I'll just throw one out. I, I am reading. Uh, I know you said you listened to the book, but I'm reading the book. It's called the. Third oh, you can't door. even bring this up. <laughs> we got like five minutes left. You're gonna bring this up? Uh, yeah. I know, Go ahead. I so, it, and the only reason why I want to bring it up is because um, so the book is called The Third Door, and it's by Alex. I don't know how you say his last name. Banayan. Banet. Ban Banayan. But the reason why I bring it up is because he had he had a dream a dream to do something he had he had a he had um something that he wanted to do and uh there were a lot of injection points where he could have done other things his family even you know rails against him for doing certain things and so he uh but he stays the course the book is really about there's a third door to everything so there's you know one door where you know the general public goes through. There's another door where like VIPs and affluent people would go through. And then there's a third door where the people who will just do anything to actually get in, if they got to go on the top of the building or they got to go through a window, or if they've got to make a relationship with somebody to actually get inside, like they'll do whatever it takes to get inside. And that's what they're calling. That's what he calls the quote, the third door. But he tells some really good stories, and I think it's really good because having a goal and a dream and a vision and how he gets to that and the things that he goes through are really good in that book. And so that's that's really why I wanted to bring that up, actually. Yeah, that is a really good book. And I listened to a lot of books. Jacoby reads a ton of books. This is one that I would really, uh, if if you do both, like it's a really good listen because he reads it himself and he interjects uh, some other ideas and thoughts and you get a lot of his inflection, which I thought was really good because he tells a ton of stories. Um, so you're trying to say you learned more by listening to it because the author was actually talking to you than I did reading it is what you're trying to say. Uh, I feel like I know him now. <laughs> we have the relationship. I don't know that we learned more, but I, uh, I, I did enjoy listening to it and I would suggest checking it out. It is uh, it's a really neat read slash listen. Very, very good. Yep. Yeah. Really, really good. Yeah. So great, man, that's another, uh, we went into this episode. I wasn't sure. Like uh, I was telling Jacoby before, I didn't feel like I was all that prepped and I, uh, I I'm coming out of it really encouraged. Uh, um, I didn't plan on talking about the, you know, talking about the lake house as part of it. And that kind of like, that really gets the juices flowing and uh, hearing Jacoby talk about um, that vision that he had with the kids. And I mean, that was like emotional. I got some goosebumps thinking about visiting Jacoby and his grandkids at Christmas time and in 20 years. Um, And so to break it down on the goals, like uh, the notes that I took, you got to have, clarity on your why if you're going to be adjusting your goals um to and, and so they make sense you got to have clarity on your why on what you're why you're doing it what you're doing and like what you want that 20-year marker to look like and you have to have a plan and goals if you're going to make some adjustments to your plan and your goals you have to have them in place and you got to be self-aware uh, if you're self-aware you can make good healthy adjustments if you're not self-aware you run into the the danger of making adjustments based on emotion or like uh, um, as our coach Lars calls when the next squirrel kind of presents itself and you can make a chance. And then the two books that we talked about 
today were the third door and there's no plan B for your A game, both solid, solid books that are worth it. We really appreciate you listening. If you can go over and like us uh, on our Facebook group would be greatly appreciated. You can also, it's, this is huge for us. If you give us a five-star marking and the podcast app that you're listening to along with a written review goes, it goes a long way and it is greatly appreciated. We would love to hear anything that you have to say. You got any questions, you guys know how you can uh, reach out to us through Facebook or just like any realtor, basically you Google us and you can get our information. We are here to help answer any questions and love that you took the time to listen. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Jerry and Jacoby podcast. If you walked away with something of value, we hope you'll share it with a friend and don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. So you get notification of all new episodes.